Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. Today's episode, this is a a little weekend ramble edition of the show. Basically, I'm just uh, doing a totally, or I say totally, but relatively unscripted episode where I kind of just discuss what's on my mind, what's been happening, uh, what I've been dreaming of, what I've been thinking about, anything and everything in between. You know, a lot of times it goes off the rails, you know, there's no there's no point to the episodes except to help you rest, relax, and, um, you know, fall asleep if that's your goal. Obviously, if you're busy, like right now, if you're at work and you just want to unwind during your lunch break, maybe you don't want to fall asleep, you know, then don't fall asleep. But if you're uh, in bed all tucked in or perhaps on the couch and uh, want to just fall asleep that way, then, you know, that's okay too, right? Um, I think falling asleep on the couch is a very underrated uh, method uh, or or a tool for sleep. I think there was a time um, where I was falling asleep on the couch pretty much every day for, uh, as strange as may sound to you, uh, I think it was about maybe um, like six months. Literally, just I got into that habit of, uh, you know, watching TV before bed and, uh, you know, just kind of start dozing off a little bit. Then I would put the TV on a timer, you know, usually 60 minutes just in case. And, um, yeah, I would just begin to close my eyes and I just got used to it, so... Ivan, you know, would leave a little pillow out there and a little blanket, and uh, it wasn't always the most comfortable thing, but I don't know, that's just how I am. Sometimes I get into these routines and these little um, quirks of mine, and once I start something, it's kind of hard for me to break it, which isn't saying much. You know, that's, that right there is the nature of routines, but I have a, uh, a sister and her and I are very similar in this regard that, uh, you know, when she gets into her routines and she kind of like develops a new habit, it's very difficult for her to break that. I remember, you know, living with her briefly as we were kind of transitioning from that like college to adulthood phase. So we lived together for, you know, I think about a year. Maybe a little bit less. And, um, the entire time that we lived together, so for, again, pretty close to a year, she would eat the same breakfast at the same time in the same fashion every single day. Didn't matter if it was Monday, didn't matter if it was Sunday, didn't matter if it was anything in between. Pretty much her routine at that time was wake up, I think she was waking up at like 9, 9.30, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there, that 9, 9.30 range. You know, I'd usually always be up having my coffee or 
kind of like on my computer, starting to do some work from home or just looking at emails. And um, I should go to the kitchen. And it was always this routine. And I only picked up on it because she did it so frequently that it was impossible not to uh, see it. And, you know, we have a very good relationship. So plenty of times she would get out of bed and, you know, get to the kitchen and we would start to talk and, you know, just like hang out for a little bit sometimes. And so she would open the fridge, take out the carton of eggs. Excuse me, carton of eggs. I'm telling you my breakfast routine. <laughs> she would open the refrigerator, get out the cream cheese, place it uh, in the exact same spot on the countertop every day. Go to the cabinet, or the, yeah, cabinet. Take out a medium-sized glass plate, place it next to the tub of cream cheese. She would then get the avocado that she had, um, you know, ready for that day. And if it were not sliced already, you know, she would have it and then basically save the other half for the following day. She would always unpeel, you know, the avocado or she would cut it in the avocado and uh, place it um, on like a little mini plate almost, you know, like a specific avocado plate for her. She would then take the bagel, slice a bagel, put it in the oven, same settings every day, of course. And then she would take the bagel out, apply two like knife fulls of cream cheese. So really not too much you know, an ample amount, not like a ridiculously tiny amount, not too much. Um, but it was always in the same way, right? It's like she would start on one side of the bagel, kind of coat one side, then she would, with a second knifeful, coat the other side of the bagel. And then she would like meticulously place her avocado. Um, I'm talking about halves, right? So it was like, I think it was two knifefuls per half. And, um, yeah, you know, she would prepare it the same way. She would then, you know, again, put the thing away. And then what she would do is she would put cream cheese away first, put the avocado away if there's a, a remaining half of avocado. And then grabs her plate, sits down in the exact same, <laughs> in the exact same spot every single day. You know, it was never like she would talk to me sometimes while standing up. And we're just tatting. It's not like she would sit at the, you know, we have like a little bar stool for like a little breakfast area, maybe. Um, you know, we have a dining table with, you know, a few seats. We had a couch, you know, a couple couches that uh, she could choose from. But no, it was always the same seat every single day. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, she just eat it. And I'm, I'm sure if I timed her, it would be the exact same amount of time per day, you know. So all this is just a long story, you know, to say how, I guess, in that sense, my sister and I are, are similar. So I kind of poke fun at her for having, like, that habit that she had developed at that time. Which, by the way, that habit preceded, you know, us living together again as you know, semi-adults, or I guess adults. That's such a weird 
phase, right, in life. It's like, you, you know, the, the further I get away from college, the more I look back and I think about how interesting of a time it is, like, for many reasons, which, I, again, I know that this is not, you know, a revelation. I'm not saying anything that's going to, you know, have you thinking twice or thinking differently, of course, but. You know, I remember getting to college, and I was very fortunate that, you know, during middle school and high school, really my only responsibility was um, to be a good student, to, you know, um, be, you know, a, a good student in multiple senses, right? Like, to be a good student in the sense that you're getting good grades, be a good student that you're not causing trouble, you know, be a part of, like, your school communities and participate, I was very active in sports, and so obviously I was able to, um, you know, really focus on that. So really the bar for my parents, the the, the requirement for my parents was pretty much like, we're going to give you space and relative freedom, which they did. Um, but basically it's like, you know, you have to show us that, you know, we can do so. And again, there was never any issues. Like I, I was really never... I mean, I was never grounded, um, you know, I never got real trouble at school. So it was a pretty smooth experience overall. And again, the, the expectation was not for me to be, um, you know, working on weekends or after school or, you know, anything of that nature. So I guess for me, when I got to college, it was interesting how, again, I was very fortunate you know, kid at that point, again, quasi-adult, um, and I met plenty of other, you know, college students that had a similar experience, which basically it's like, you know, your, your expectation is to be a good student and just kind of get through high school, all that, but then you have other kids, you know, again, semi-adults, as I like to call them, because 18-year-olds now are, I think, firmly semi-adults in most cases. You know, the only, I think the only 18 and 19 year olds that are like full-fledged functioning adults are, for the most part, those that have had circumstances that dictate that they have to be. Which kind of relates to my, you know, what I was saying is, you know, upon my reflection, it's amazing how 18, 19, I mean, I certainly felt like I knew it all. And again, I think I was a pretty responsible and mature 18 and 19-year-old. Again, I never got into any problems. You know, kind of like how I was at 18 or 19, I think I've maintained it into my current age. But it is curious, not curious, more so interesting to think about how Again, I, I certainly viewed myself and thought of myself as an adult, but you had others that, you know, heading into college were required, you know, again, just by their circumstances to be working, to be volunteering. Um, you know, some of them had, you know, traveled more than I had. Some of them had been like, you know, high achievers in high school and done more things. So I think college is the first time, at least for me, that when I get there, you kind of realize, like, how how little you actually know. 
but you don't realize it on the spot because I, I thought that I knew a lot. But looking back, I'm like, damn, I really didn't know much. But I definitely, you know, it's like this blissful ignorance. And, you know, again, that's why I also consider it to be like me being a semi-adult. You know, yes, I was an adult in the sense that I was of legal age to like, I mean, I could not do much. I guess I couldn't drink at that point, but, um, you know, 18 again is like that symbolic number of becoming an adult. But I didn't know anything. Um, I'm going to try to get on this topic of being semi-adults. Um, I guess talking about like, yeah, that transition, how when I was a semi-adult having to live again with my sister, and you know, she was in the same phase, right? She's a little bit younger than me. Um, so basically the story there was I finished school, came back home for, uh, you know, a certain amount of time to sort of figure out next steps. And, um, you know, it was, it was good. You know, the living situation was pretty good, I have to say. Same thing, I never had any issues. But again, it's pretty interesting to think about how, you know, when I was in that, I mean, I was older, obviously, because this was just after college. So coming back at, I think I was 23. I think I was 23 because I had, no, no, I was definitely 22. Yeah, no, I was definitely 22. Um, you know, she must have been, I don't know, I guess, 20, 21, I don't remember. Um, yeah. She was she was pretty pretty responsible for her age too. And now I'm just drawing a blank again. I'm, th this is the beauty right here of the ASMR weekend rambles is just kind of what whatever comes to my head. I'm just spewing out there. And again, I'm I'm not even sure where I'm supposed to transition to. I guess let's transition to some dream talk. I like to report on the, you know, the type of dreams I have and the status of my dreams when I remember them, because I don't remember them all the time. So that's why plenty of episodes that, you know, I'm doing a weekend ramble, I bring them up. So last night's dream, which interestingly enough, at this point, like I've, I've commercialized the discussion and the topic of my dreams so much <laughs> that when I have a, a very vivid dream, the first thing I think of when I wake up is write it down, like note, like note it. So in that way I can discuss it <laughs> on the pod, which again, I think is a very silly concept. But so last night's dream, sort of a recurring theme for me but just a different twist. So what I can remember is waking up in the dream and thinking I'm late for Thanksgiving dinner. So already kind of a strange start to the dream, right? Because I'm, I'm waking up and I'm 
I guess, waking up at like five in the afternoon, I would suppose, right? Because most Thanksgiving dinners, at least my Thanksgiving dinners, you know, they start like 8 at the latest, of course. So again, in the dream, I'm waking up and I look at my clock and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to be late for Thanksgiving dinner. And in the context of the dream, I'm living in my parents' house again. So I don't know how old I'm supposed to be in the dream, but I'm in my parents' home. And I know in the dream that my parents are still living there and my siblings. So when I wake up and I see no one's there, immediately I assume it's they left without me. Which goes to show you how, how much I... Like how well I get along, thankfully, with my family. That I didn't take it as like a personal insult. I just thought, no, they must have been busy. They must have had to have left early for different reasons. They're being very nice and letting me sleep in, but they didn't realize I was going to sleep in so late. So, of course, I'm in a panic. And I don't remember how I got ready, but I remember getting ready immediately. And by the way, this is like one of like my biggest like points of like anxiety, which shows you, you know, what a first world problem it is and how fortunate I am, is I get really anxious about the idea of not waking up in time to go do things. So that sort of like thematic concept um, kind of rings true in my real world, right? Like in the real world, that's, um, you know, if something's at like eight in the morning, you know, cause I'm just not an early riser. That's the truth. I mean, I, I, I really have to force myself out of bed. Um, and it's interesting cause I'm not necessarily a night owl either. I just feel like, you know, like once I'm asleep, like I, I just require a pretty good amount of sleep. <laughs> so anyway, you know that topic of like waking up and being late is something that happens frequently like one dream I remember very clearly clearly like a, as if I were dreaming it now was waking up this was when I was in high school I remember waking up and um, well, I'm not gonna say I remember waking up because I don't remember that but I remember in the dream being at school and later that day having a soccer game, a football game. And I remember in the dream, I was with like three friends that were also on the team. And one of them suggests, let's go to the um, convenience store and get like Gatorade and Powerade and things of that nature. You know, for during the game or after the game, whatever the case maybe so in the dream we go to the convenience store and from there we walk to the field which is kind of a far walk but in the dream you know how it is mind you by the time we're done at the convenience store it's like we know we're late right like we know we know that we're running late and yet we're still just like walking. And it's one of those dreams where the walking and the pace is so slow. So, you know, 
in the dream, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to be late. And that was giving me so nervous. Anyway, lo and behold, in the dream, we finally make it. And the game is already started. And obviously saying it to you, you know, listening, it's probably like, well, okay, it's not that bad of a dream. But in the dream, I was panicking. It was like, I can't believe we're going to miss this game. I can't believe we let our team down. The whole thing. So fast forwarding to last night's dream, you know, it was sort of that same concept. It's like, I'm waking up, I'm late, I'm going to be late. So I get ready. This is now transitioning again into my most recent dream. And I get dressed and somehow I know where the dinner is. But here's what's really strange about it. As I kind of walk outside, I open the door to my parents' you know, home's front door, and I almost like walk down the street, but in the dream, it's like I almost walk back to my parents' house, and the dinner is at my parents' house. Now, when I woke up, obviously, I thought that, that was such a strange detail in the dream, but again, while you're dreaming, you don't notice how strange things are. So it was almost like, oh, okay, I made it. By the time I made it, it was already dark. And I remember the door being open. And I walk in. And it's like a Thanksgiving thing. And what was strange. Well, it's all strange, I guess. But, you know, it's a dream. So what else? So then I walk in. And... I had some family members there, but like my parents weren't there, my sisters weren't there, and it was just kind of like normal. It's like, oh yeah, of course, like this is exactly who I should be spending my Thanksgiving with. Almost as if like, you know, it's it's very typical for you know you to be spending it separate from your family, like your immediate family that is. And then frankly, at that point, I don't remember anything else I think I kind of woke up right after but obviously the details of like being late stuck out to me and obviously the detail of walking somewhere only to return to my parents home was another strange detail um this is not if you've noticed if you've heard other episodes I've discussed like meals you know like dining together with other people as like a recurring sort of like place, you know, like going to dinner with people that I don't know or I know that they don't know each other and it's kind of a weird combination of the two. Um, and like that Thanksgiving theme also has been a recurring thing in my life. The only other recurring dream, well, I'm trying to think now. I don't know if this was a recurring dream or if it was just a really vivid dream that really stuck out to me. And honestly, I'm not even sure if I've said this dream before. But this is the dream that really... That for some reason I remember the most out of any. And the thing that really stuck out to me about this dream... Number one, I had it as a child. And again, I remember it extremely vividly. 
but also I remember thinking it was, it felt very real, you know, like, you know, it could have obviously just been like, you know, childhood, you know, that, that like, you know, when you're younger, you experience things a bit more harshly than maybe you would uh, as you get older, of course. But I remember in that dream, I wake up, obviously I'm in my room, you know, again, it's in my parents' house, you know, I'm a kid, probably no more, I must be no older than like six or seven years old. And I get out of bed and, you know, my parents' house, there's a set of glass sliding doors. So, I go over to the glass sliding doors and I look outside and I notice outside, um, they used to have a jacuzzi outside, but I, I noticed kind of like past the jacuzzi, I noticed past the jacuzzi, there is a, um, like a, almost like a strange plant that's kind of like, like if you know Mario like Super Mario World, right? Like the the plant where the whatever it's called, the like, you know, the red vine thing that chomps at you, they're like dogs in the context of Mario Kart and Super Mario. So it was kind of there and so I decided to open the door and I go outside. And then from a distance I can see it kinda of like opening up. I think I've said this dream before, but I mean this could be your first time listening and I think it's an interesting dream, of course. Um, so it kind of like starts to open up. And then I get very nervous. <laughs> and so my... <laughs> it's just it's very silly to think about, but... My reaction to what I'm seeing in front of me is to pretend that I'm asleep. <laughs> so that whatever comes out of there, you know... Basically, just says, well, you know, kids asleep, you know, I can't do anything to them. <laughs> so basically, I lay down on the side. And I basically put my head, like, on the jacuzzi. Very uncomfortable position in the real world, I'm sure. And I kind of keep one eye half open. And so from the plant, it's Poison Ivy, like the character from Batman. Poison Ivy, right? Ivy. Isn't that what you call her? The plant lady from Batman. Okay, she makes an appearance. And she's walking. And she's not even, like, menacing, per se. She's not, you know, it's nothing, it's actually not even that creepy. It was obviously just very startling in the context of my dream. <laughs> and, um, I remember kind of just keeping my eye on there. And then... I see her kind of walking towards me a little bit. But she doesn't get that close. And then she kind of just like walks away. And then she just kind of like walks away somewhere else. So obviously like the plant from which she sprouted from remains there. So I kind of go and I inspect it a little bit. And then simply, you know, I go back inside, lock the sliding door, close the blinds. I think that was it. I think she was in the house, but it wasn't, again, it was not villainous, it wasn't with malice, you know, legitimately nothing happens in the rest of the dream, as I'm remembering it right now, 
But again, that dream, which again, I'm sorry, maybe you've heard this, you know, because I think I have spoken about this dream because it's one of the dreams that just really sticks out to me like none other. Another one I remember um, very vividly was, I must have been like, same thing, eight years old, nine, ten, kind of like in that range, right? Like there's no way I was older than that, right? And um, I don't remember how the dream starts, but at some point in the dream, I kind of look around and I know I'm dreaming. I think this is the only time this has ever happened to me. So I'm, I'm completely aware that I'm in a dream. And so I look to my left, I look to my right, and again, I'm conscious in the dream. I mean, I remember being conscious. And then I say to myself, hey, this is my dream, I can do whatever I want. I literally snap my finger, like I'm Thanos, you know, in, in the Avengers. And I change the scenery, to like a beach, and I do it again. And then I was on planet, what's it called? Planet Kai, you know, like, uh, God, my dragon, my Dragon Ball references are, are bad. Like King Kai, King Kai's planet from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So I remember being on that planet. You know, at this point, obviously, I was a huge Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z fan. And um, I remember thinking, this is my dream. And for the rest of my dream, until I wake up, I'm going to be a Saiyan. So I start floating. You know, I remember, like, training. I remember I went to, like, uh, um, like I was sparring with someone. Not, like, a recognizable character. Dragon Ball. Um, but I was like sparring. I was super fast. I was leveling up. I probably did a Kamehameha. But again, all this was very purposeful. At least in my dream. And who knows? That could have just been the flow of the dream, no matter what. Maybe I recall it as being that way. But for me, that part about, you know, like snapping my finger and being like, hey, this is my dream, I'm taking over now. Because I think prior to doing that, I'm pretty sure I was having a nightmare. So that's what really sticks out to me is I'm, I'm almost positive that I was actually, you know, like getting scared and having a nightmare in the middle of my dream. And at some point in that nightmare is when I look around, I'm like, hold on a second, like, this is my dream, I can do whatever I want. Like, why am I having a nightmare? And, you know, snapping of the finger. I remember, again, going to the beach. And then the second time it was, again, I was on King Kai's planet. You know, but that's, that's part of the beauty of the imagination, right? Of your youth when you're a kid. <laughs> now my dreams are going to Thanksgiving dinners and going to a skate mall where it's like an abandoned mall. It's... Like a mega mall that's only dedicated to skating and I don't know. I've, I've said a bunch of dreams already <laughs> that you guys probably remember my dreams better than I do at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean right now I'm looking at the time. Uh, believe it or not, I'm recording this right before having to go to the office. So I really should not delay any further. I hope you enjoyed 
this week's edition of you know ASMR weekend ramble. Questions, comments, concerns can always be directed to me at hello at sleep and relax ASMR.com. And that's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.